All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Face Off Live, your go to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Daily Face Off Live. It is Wednesday, October 12th, night one of the 2022 23 NHL season in the books. He is Stephen Ellis, our Daily Face Off senior writer and associate editor. Stephen, welcome to the co host chair for the first time. Uh, we're glad to have you. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, and I'm just happy we're talking about real hockey and not the preseason anymore. Yes, it felt like that preseason dragged on forever and plenty to dig into. We've got a newsy little Wednesday morning here. Thanks to the Buffalo Sabres, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on that clock, and let's talk about some news from the Sabres, and that is that their GM in Kevin Adams got a contract extension, but that is not the juiciest contract handed out by the Sabres on this Wednesday. It's Matthias Samuelson. Uh, he signs a seven-year, $30 million contract extension with the Buffalo Sabres. And you look at his NHL career, he has not yet been a full-time NHL player. 54 games played, he signs for $30 bucks before his first NHL goal is scored. Steven, I'll get your reaction to the contract, and then I'll tell you why it's so polarizing. It was surprising, you know, for a guy that spent a third of the year last year in the AHL. That's a weird one, but this is a guy they clearly value for their core. Sabres fans really love him. He's kind of an underrated defensive defenseman. Uh, and you look at the fact he hasn't scored a goal yet, but uh, he actually, in the NCAA, did show some offensive upside. So, I don't know, maybe he's a late bloomer in that case, but his value is as a defensive defenseman. And when you've got Owen Power and you got Rasmus Dallin, that's a good fit to have there. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly see the pieces start to come together with Power and Darlene, and if you've got what you believe is a shutdown guy, 
then by all means lock him up. I think where the issue is and why it's so polarizing, I can't believe that I got these two calls back to back this morning. The news goes out about the contract extension for Samuelson. I got a call from an agent right away who said, this is the worst contract I've ever seen a player sign. He could have waited, done a two-year bridge deal, see what his, his career looks like at that point, and then cash in when the salary cap goes up. Then I got a call from a front office executive from around the league who said, this is one of the worst contracts I've ever seen a team give out. What are they doing? Even if they think that Matias Samuelson can be a shutdown defenseman in this league, is why doesn't he have to go out and prove it in his first year? How much more is he is it going to cost them at that point? He pointed to the Eric Chernak deal signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning, eight years, $41.6 million. We know what Eric Chernak is in the NHL. We still don't know quite what Matias Samuelson is yet. And so I said, okay, so tell me what you've seen from Matias Samuelson. And he said, here is what he looks like in our scouting rankings. He gave them a 4.5 out of 10 in intelligence, three in skill set, one in offensive instincts, five and a half in uh, defensive instincts, five and a half in competitive toughness for an overall score of 4.4 out of 10. He said, I'm not entirely certain yet, given that he played on a bad team, that Matias Samuelson, unable to break through until the latter half of last season, is a full-time NHL player yet. And yet the Sabres, seven years, 30 million bucks. Where do you come out on this at the end? I know it's going to take a while, Stephen, for us to know what the real answer is. But if you had to bet one way or the other, is this a good deal for the Sabres or a bad deal for the Sabres? I just want to know why. Did they have to do it at this point? That seems so early. And this is something where, you know, they, they haven't signed Darlene. They haven't signed Power to long-term deals yet. They still have another two years left. But this is the guy you've locked up long-term without a full-time NHL duty. Like, heck, he might not even, like, who knows if he's even playing top line after the first month of the season. So I'm, I'm not convinced it's a great deal. It's an odd one. But clearly the Sabres believe in him. It's amazing, and like I said, how polarizing. The agent saying, how come you lock this player up? He's going to be the cheapest top four defenseman in the league. This has got Klingberg and Chikrin written all over it. And the team executive saying, I'm not sure this is an NHL player. Wow. Uh, well, that's a spicy way to start your Wednesday. Coming off of a night when we had two games in NHL action, a lot more on the slate tonight with the Colorado Avalanche raising their Stanley Cup banner to the rafters at Ball Arena. But we had the Vegas Golden Knights kicking things off in L.A. with a win. Also, the Tampa Bay Lightning they get uh, their first loss of the season to the New York Rangers. Mika Zibanejad, two-goal night. What stood out from you, from you uh, Stephen, in the first night in the NHL? The Rangers look like a team that is going to contend for the Stanley Cup, and they were kind of my – I don't want to say dark horse because they're still one of the top teams, but this is a team where Carolina was my pick, and if it's not them, I'm going Rangers because they've got a fantastic goalie. He looked good last night. Uh, the defense, they just another year of Adam Fox, another year of Keandre Miller, so that's good. And then look at Zabinajet. He looked like a man on a mission last night. So it's so early to say kind of to make any observations at this point. But this is a Rangers team that was just flying. They it didn't look like it was the opening game of the season for them. This looked like they were in pre, uh, midseason form. So I like that. And got to give a shout out to Jonathan Quick. I thought he was fantastic for the Kings last night. I love those shiny helmets uh, that they wear for, for that game. I love that Jonathan Quick kind of did the same thing. But uh, those were two teams kind of. Nothing certain about them this year and how they're going to perform. And I thought that was an entertaining game. So a, a good night overall to, to start the season. 
Yeah, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights pepper Jonathan Quick with 51 shots on goal. He makes 47 saves. Logan Thompson, he was fine in his season debut for the Golden Knights as he's going to be counted on to be the guy that carries the mail for them this season. I thought it was an encouraging sign how strong Mark Stone looked and, and also getting that goal in the final minute of regulation for the win. A nice little boost for a team that has some pressure and question marks that they're facing this season. When you look at the New York Rangers to flip back to them and that power play, kind of a reminder for everyone, Stephen, just how good that unit could look. Yeah, they were very close to going to the Stanley Cup final last year. So them going out there and playing the Tampa Bay Lightning as hard as they did and how good they were on the power play and how good their stars were uh, was a good sign because you look at that and we weren't expecting a high-scoring game. Both teams have elite goaltenders, two of the best in the league, uh, two teams with a ton of star talent. So it was just finding ways to take advantage of what you could. And um, and that was something the Rangers did really well in the power play. And, and to go back quickly on Vegas, my Logan Thompson, seeing how good he played in the start and how good he was at the end of last season, he was my, this is my hot take of the year, but he's going to be Canada's third goalie at the next World Cup of Hockey. I think he's got a lot to prove and he could do it. But uh, yeah, they're the Rangers though. Yeah, that was just, everything was flowing so well for them last night. World Cup of Hockey 2024. It sounds so far away, but I guess it's really not. Just one year from February. Uh, six games on the slate on this Wednesday night. As we mentioned, Colorado, that's where the focal point will be for the Avs and their Stanley Cup banner. They got their rings earlier this week, and damn, do they look good. But um, one team that's also in action that has some question marks and potentially some intrigue, uh, their sophomore season, the Seattle Kraken, are visiting the Anaheim Ducks. It's a 10 p.m. Eastern start, 7 Pacific. And when you look at the Kraken for this season coming up, they had a sneaky good offseason, Stephen. And you think about their goaltending and how poor it was last season. Philip Grubauer uh, struggled mightily, and their team overall, their goaltending is really what sunk them in so many ways uh, when you consider that they had the worst goaltending statistically save percentage-wise in the salary cap era. You'd have to go back to the early 90s to find any team that had worse goaltending. The question is, probably can't be possibly be that bad again, can it? And if the goaltending's better, well, then you've made some upgrades on your roster. What is a realistic expectation? Where do you see the Kraken slotting in the Pacific? This is going to be another tough season for the Kraken, and that's a great thing because this is a team that started with no prospects and they needed to build up something quickly. Getting Beneers and getting Shane Wright's a great start. What if they could throw in a Bedard? What if they are patient and get Matvey Mitchkoff? Then you've got all these star talent players that are, are going to make this team good in the future. Right now, I'm glad they aren't doing the Vegas thing of just kind of sacrificing everything to be competitive right away. And that's going to be the situation this year. I don't think anyone expected Grubauer to play as bad as he was last year. And bringing in a Martin Jones didn't exactly solidify anything. But uh, we know that Grubauer has played really good hockey in the past. You got also question, you know, Colorado has made a lot of goalies that are mid-pack or just like bottom top 10 look really good. So uh, maybe he was kind of overvied going to Seattle. But I, I do believe that they have to take a step forward. And I don't think that uh, – I think Rubauer should be able to do it. We know he's capable of, of some good hockey. He just can't be worse than last year, and it's hard to be worse than last year. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I'd expect a significant bounce back 
Goaltending is such a difficult position. Um, and when you look at some of the additions that they made up front, it's not just uh, some of the talent that they added. It's also the talent that they have coming through their pipeline. And, um, you know, you look at Matty Beneers. Where do you, as a resident prospect uh, expert, and you saw the taste that he got in the NHL last year to close out the season, what is a realistic expectation for him? I think we're looking at a guy who's probably going to get around 50 points this year. He'll definitely be uh, one of the favorites to win the Calder. Um, the fact that he doesn't have a huge supporting cast, um, which is not uncommon for top prospects, obviously. Um, I think that he's going to, it's going to be not the easiest year. He's going to have to create a lot of the offense, but he's done that throughout his career. He's been a big play driver. And uh, so the, the fact he played so well at the end of last year and looked good in the preseason, I think is really promising. And he's going to be the number one center for sure. 50 points. Write that down, everyone. Stephen Ellis says, Matty Benier is looking at 50 points for the season. I feel like the Seattle Kraken would certainly take that. The expectations, of course, last year were so much higher heading into their inaugural season. And for you to say, oh, it's going to be another bad year for the Kraken, probably not music to the ears of Ron Francis and the Kraken owners, given the expectations that were there as they found out the NHL expansion realities that, you know, the Golden Knights were maybe once in a lifetime type uh, opening year in the NHL. Let's talk about our archetype ranking, Stephen. It's part four of our series dropping on Daily Faceoff on this Wednesday. And this day, we're going to be talking about shooters. We've gone through franchise players, clutch players, distributors, the best 18 distributors in the NHL. And today up is shooters. And just a reminder for everyone who seems to get twisted because they don't read the series or the story. And I post something and I say, hey, here are the 18 best distributors distributors that we've worked on a list uh, that players that go in this bucket say, well, how, how come Leon Dreisaitl is not on here? How come uh, Kirill Kaprizov's not on here? Well, they're already in a different category. They're in the franchise player category. So when you take a look at the shooters, just off the top of your head, Stephen, I want you to rattle off for me a couple players that you think have the best shots in the NHL and are the best shooters. Go. I'm going Austin Matthews, Alex Ovechkin, Patrick Laine, uh, Steven Stamkos, and I'd say uh, Andrei Svechnikov. Yeah, so three of those guys, Svechnikov, Stamkos, and Laine, will all be in our shooter category. But to, to continue that separation, we had Ovechkin that was in the franchise player category. Um, you know, you have Matthews also clearly in the franchise player category. So that's the tough part of this exercise is taking these guys and putting them in different buckets. And when you think about shooters and also guys that score in volume, the hardest part about delineating shooters as we've gone through this exercise is we also have another category that's called the net front scorers. And so, you know, think of a guy like Jake Gensel off the top of your head. Would you have him as a shooter or a net front scorer? I'm going net front scorer there. Okay, and see, that makes sense. But here's the thing about a lot of the guys that score goals in volume in the NHL, and this is the tough part about going through this exercise, is, and especially someone that plays with Sidney Crosby, so many of their goals are scored within, I don't know, six to ten feet of the net. That range, it's so incredibly close, and you feel like every time you go back and you watch all of Jake Gensel's goals last season, you feel like they're all in that net front range. So maybe he's a better, uh, better slotted for that category. And so that's really, as we work through this exercise, me and you live, not scripted, um, that's the tough part in sorting through 
you know, shooter and net front scorer. So a guy like Line, who clearly scores from distance, you can look at his heat map, you can see uh, the shots coming a lot of times from the top of either circle, that that's, he's a clear shooter, but maybe someone like Gensel probably goes in the net front category. So that's where the intrigue and interest is. Look for that story to get posted later today on dailyfaceoff.com. Uh, let's get to our fantasy expert in Nick Alberga. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pleased to welcome back to the program, Nick Alberga. He is our resident fantasy expert for a little fantasy hockey talk. Beginning of these seasons uh, for everyone, uh, everyone checking their updated standings after night one in the NHL. And congrats to Nick for his new show launching today, Leafs Morning Take with Jay Rosehill on the Nation Network and the Leafs Nation. So glad to have you uh, on board with that and excited to watch uh, your show, Nick. But I wanted to start with, you know, when you take a look at some of the guys out there who may be a little bit, uh, you know, in the waiver wire pickup category or, or maybe some sleepers that didn't end up getting drafted, who are some players that you've got your eye on over these next couple weeks? If you're a fantasy owner and you've drafted, maybe you're not happy with your team that you might be looking to snag on the waiver wire. Hey, Frank, did you want me to do a monologue first before we start here? Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. I don't know what that was last night, but we'll roll on. A uh, couple names I'm looking at. We'll start from last night's action. Phil Kessel playing on that top line with Riley Smith and Jack Eichel. Doesn't get a point in his debut, but plays almost 14 minutes, four pims, three shots on goal. I think there's clearly a lot of value and juice in taking the over on some shot props when it comes to Phil Kessel. And also in fantasy hockey, I think the points will be there. He's playing on the power play. So I would look there for sure. Arturi Lekkinen, the Colorado Avalanche, playing the Chicago Blackhawks in their season opener, playing with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Of course, Gabriel Landeskog banged up to start the season, so Lekkinen will get that deployment on the top line. That's what every player dreams of playing with. Um, he's on PP1 as well, 52% ownership right now in fantasy hockey. I think you want to jump aboard as quickly as possible. 
Andre Kuzmenko, the Vancouver Canucks, 26 years of age, doesn't qualify as a rookie, as we know, but will make his debut tonight for the Vancouver Canucks. I like him quite a bit. 37% um, utilization so far. Likely to play on the second line with Elias Pettersson and Nils Hoaglander, and also power play one, even with the potential return of Brock Besser to the Vancouver Canucks lineup tonight. And last but not least, I think every fantasy owner out there needs defense. Kale Addison, I think you look there right now in the Minnesota Wild, 14% ownership. He's the power play one quarterback to start the season. So that means supreme attachment to Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Matt Boldy. So those are four players to take a look at right now, Frank. The Rangers, they're a team that's obviously going to be one of the favorites to, to win the Stanley Cup this year. And you look at some of the key guys, Panarin, Zibanejad, but they need a lot of the young core to step up in this situation this year. Who are some of the young guys you're looking at uh, that will step up for the Rangers? Yeah, so it's un unfortunate to see Kraftsov go down so quickly, right? Given the trade request last season, comes back to North America, plays a couple shifts, and then bang, you're injured again. It doesn't sound good on that front. Uh, to me, ultimately, Stephen, it comes down to two names. Uh, you know, the first being Capo Caco, the other being Alexi Lafreniere. And that's the name I want to zone in on is Alexi Lafreniere, the 2020 first overall pick. I thought he was actually pretty good last night. I know he's in a tertiary role right now, playing on the third line with Philip Hedo and Barclay Goodrow in the second power play unit. But he had four shots on goal, plus one, four hits, doing a bit of everything for fantasy owners. Not to mention he came off a season where he had 19 goals in the regular season, had two and seven, I believe, in 20 Stanley Cup playoff games. So I do think, you know, he's starting to rise and evolve as a player a bit. But ultimately, I think as a fantasy owner, we would love to see Alexi Lafreniere in that top six for the New York Rangers. I think only time will tell on that front, sadly. Nick, I want to ask you about the second tier of netminders. You're in a 10-team league. You know who the clear-cut guys that are going to be leading the league, the Vasilevskis, the Shesterkins, the Saroses. Uh, but moving forward, if, if you're looking for guys a little bit further down the list that may not have been drafted, guys that may see a lot of workload this year, who, who have a, a couple names that have stood out to you to this point that you'd keep your eye on in terms of pickups? So ultimately, uh, and you mentioned Ilya Sorokin as well, who I believe we both having, you know, have winning the Vesna Trophy this season. I think you look potentially at the Boston Bruins. I think people are sleeping on that team. I know they're really banged up. Great news. Sounds like Taylor Hall is going to play in the opener here against the Washington Capitals. But Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman, I think there's a supreme value in, in sort of owning those two files right now. Depending on how you feel about the New Jersey Devils, maybe you take a poke at like a Vitek Vanacek. I think the harder harder you look, the, you know, the more potential there will be for value. You mentioned off the top, Jonathan Quick. Why not go to the Los Angeles Kings? He's in a contract year. I thought he was tremendous last night. And then on top of that, Cal Peterson, I think, is going to get some looks throughout this season. There's a reason why they gave him that contract extension last year. And I think they're going to start to evolve and, and let him be potentially that number one goaltender in Los Angeles. So certainly a couple guys to look at. But again, it's all dependent on how you feel about teams. But that's what I love about the first week of the NHL season, everybody's on even keel and feeling very, very optimistic about their fantasy rosters. You mentioned even keel, and it's going to be an exact even split for the Boston Bruins. As Jim Montgomery yeah. mentioned, the first four games of the season, Allmark and Swayman will split those four games and probably going to be a bit of a meritocracy. If you think Swayman has outplayed Allmark, you're probably right. But 
there's still the contract situation to deal with as well, which we know teams will key in on. So uh, interesting spot with the Boston Bruins, as you mentioned. Thanks to Nick Alberga, our fantasy expert, for joining us today. He's been delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game Day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Take care. Man, Nick stole our thunder. It's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. He asked about the monologue, and we heard as the season kicked off at Madison Square Garden, there all of a sudden were the referees with a microphone attached to their jersey, basically wishing everyone a good season. So I ask you with the two messages delivered by referees to open both the early and the late game, Stephen, on Tuesday night, pass or fail? Do you like referees with an opening monologue to start the game? Epic fail, but it was hilarious, and I'm glad we got it because we in the world cha- world juniors and world championship will see things like that. But it's usually like something funny that was completely unnecessary, totally stupid. But you know, it was funny. It's too bad we didn't get better reactions from the players. Like you can see here, the players are kind of just looking around. Like I wanted like a good memeable, funny face, and we didn't get that. But I don't know. That was weird. I don't know who decided that was a good idea. Yeah, I mean, the delivery stiff as a board. Like, if you have a guy who is legitimately has charisma or personality, a Wes McCauley or someone that has flair for the dramatic, by all means, you know, knock your socks off and do it. But if you're going to stand there and it feels forced, I don't know. I don't think anyone needs that. I'm going to say fail as well. We'll see if it continues in the NHL. I doubt it based on the reactions on social media. But again, not. It uh, doesn't hurt to try something new. Let's get to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk. Tyler, how'd you do on night one, and what do you got in store for us on night two? A perfect 2-0 in night one. The Vegas Golden Knights came through. The only thing I regret is I was debating taking them in regulation. Went with the money line, plus 100 payout, though. That's solid. Jack Eichel easily crushed his shot prop as well. I think he ended with seven shots on goal, so it was a good first night. And now let's dig into what points bet Canada has up on the site for night two. Early in the season, a little bit of a crapshoot most nights. And there can be a lot of really unexpected results. You don't really know a lot about some of those teams in, in the middle of the pack in the NHL. So my strategy, I think, early in the year is just going to be going with the better team. The Maple Leafs are better than the Canadians. I think the Oilers are better than the Vancouver Canucks, even though uh, the matchup at the bottom there has the wrong logo on it. Um, but the Oilers and... Leafs are big favorites. If you parlay them both in the game, straight up money line, it's going to pay out about plus 115, though. And I like that spot. I think the Leafs will get off to a good start this year. The Oilers are at home where they were good last year as well. So Oilers, Leafs, parlayed on the money line at plus 115 is my first bet of the day. And the second one, I'm going to bet on good teams. I'm also going to bet on good, great players. Connor McDavid to score tonight. It's even money. At least that's where the line should come in on Points Bet Canada. I love 97 to find the back of the net. If you get it anywhere above plus 100, all over it. So McDavid to score at anything better than plus 100. Leafs, Oilers, Parlay. Frank, those are my two plays tonight. I like it. I also like the Toronto Maple Leafs on the puck line. I think they are going to absolutely dummy the Montreal Canadiens with their defense. Uh, Probably one of the weakest in the NHL. And I also like the Colorado Avalanche, even though sometimes these are emotional nights with the banner raising. um, I also like the abs on the puck line over the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, we know, we're expecting them to struggle this year. Um, 
uh, feels like both those teams win by multiple goals. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, can't wait to see how Tyler Remchuk does all season long. Let's see if he can be a little bit more consistent. Uh, it kind of right. felt like the uh, the Oilers and their goaltending last year, Tyler. He started off on an absolute heater, then the wheels fell off for a while, and then right back up to uh, being one of the best teams in the NHL. That was Tyler's year. Can't wait to watch it uh, all unfold. Thank you to Tyler for our Points Bet Daily Bets segment. That brings us to garbage time. Stephen Ellis, the floor is yours. What caught your attention from opening night around the NHL? I'm not one to get overreactive when an announcement comes out and the digital board ads, I was like, okay, you know what? We'll give it a chance. We'll see if it's better than what we saw in 2016, the World Cup of Hockey. And they were not. It seemed like the color was off on the boards. They were flickering at points. Uh, when you switch between cameras, it wouldn't be consistent because you'd see the regular board ads. It was so distracting. And I feel like it's something kind of like jersey ads, kind of like helmet ads we will get used to. But right off the bat, it felt like I was paying more attention to the flickering on the boards or like the details and the quality there than the actual game itself. And I think that's uh, pretty distracting. I know a lot of people weren't a huge fan of it, but it is early days. I think the technology will get better and maybe it becomes more seamless, kind of like when we see it on the ice, but not a love it on the first day. Yeah, I hear that. It definitely was a little disconcerting because you're you're not used to them being in motion, right? Like the boards are just stationary and you see it now and it kind of takes your eye away from the play, which I guess is exactly what it's designed to do from an advertising perspective, right? You want eyeballs and attention on your ads. That's what you're paying for. But at this point, uh, maybe you're right. The kinks aren't quite worked out yet. I'd be curious to see what the revenue split is like too, because traditionally you have companies paying for their board space because that's what will be seen on television if you're not paying for that and television is putting its own thing in i wonder how that works from a revenue perspective feels like a story that we could see on dailyfaceoff.com at some point great job steven ellis it was night one in the nhl your first day in the co-host chair awesome stuff thanks to nick alberga thanks to tyler remchuk technical producer and head of production alex allard and brennan bradley on graphics that'll do it for today's daily faceoff live we'll be back 12 noon east on Thursday to recap night two in the NHL. Enjoy the games, everyone, and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.